Views expressed on this program are those of the sponsors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Indices mentioned are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Asset allocation and diversification strategies cannot assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated. This is a memorable. This is your coronavirus episode. We're almost a special report. <laughs> we interrupt might, our normal, mellow, regular. I don't like to say blah podcast because you guys tell us that you like our podcast, but yeah. there hasn't been a lot going on out there in the world to dig your heel, you know, dig into. Right. But episode 63 will yeah. go down in the annals of podcast. For Plan for Life Now, or whatever we call this podcast now. Do we call it that We still, still call it Plan for Life Now. <laughs> As a big one. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I say I call Remember it... Remember this one. The coronavirus episode. And there might be multiple ones. We could be talking about this in a couple of weeks still. Of course we could. There's but let's no... just set the scene now, because you're not listening to this the moment we're doing well, this. Well, yeah. You can't listen to it live yet. Um but here we are sitting on Thursday, February 27th. Uh, this morning, the, the Dow was down about 960 points at one point. Um, now it seems to have trimmed some of those losses, so it's not down quite as much. But at some point during the day, it hit correction territory. And just to refresh on it, everyone on the, the technical definition of a correction is down 10% off of the all-time high. So it, it hit correction territory. No idea if when you're listening to this, it'll still be there. It'll be even further down or it'll bounce back up. We don't really know. Um, you know, clearly the fear is that the coronavirus is going to spread beyond beyond everywhere it's spread now. You know, China and Korea and Italy and everywhere else. Um, and that it'll come to the U.S. And ultimately that it's going to start to impact earnings of companies. Right. That's the ultimate right. fear. And in, you've already in, heard... In two ways, really. One is sort of now. It's like basically, you know, getting stuff from China, getting things to China, mm-hmm. supply side, things like that. Yeah. And, the I mean, future, though, if it's really bad, and this is what the market is thinking, hey, I'm never going to travel for the rest of the year. <laughs> right. Uh, hey, I'm not going out to the Kentlands here to hang out at Starbucks because I'm freaked out. Yep. So Starbucks now is making less money and all these restaurants and stuff out here where we are broadcasting from at the Kentlands. And that kind of yep. emotional fear starts to snowball. Well, yeah. And I mean, that's, you're right. It, it really hits on two fronts. The Like you're talking about the consumer front, which the U.S. is such a consumer-driven economy, you know, that if people stop spending money out of fear... That's going to take a hit. 
But then it's also just on the whole supply chain side of things that when Apple talks about their potential earnings and they say, well, there's going to be disruptions in our supply chain because uh, we manufacture in China. And if Chinese workers can't go to work, then you know we're not going to have the products to be able to sell. So we're not going to sit here and try to predict what's going to happen. Hopefully you know that uh, because we don't know. I don't know if this will be, you know, this will be wind up being another SARS concern or avian flu or what are some of the other um, ones we've had? Ebola flu or Ebola. something like that? <laughs> yeah, it was a while See, ago. You but... forget what these things even were. I know. But, I mean, this one has hit the market hard. I think there's yeah. some other factors that need to be talked about. One is... And people always say that it seems like yesterday we were at an all-time high. Yeah, because that was almost like yesterday. Yeah, it was like I'm gonna a week ago. I'm gonna say a week ago, yeah, or maybe, maybe eight, ten nine, days, ten yeah. days ago, an all-time high with the. In fact, one of our podcasts we just talked about how this is just going up and up and up mm-hmm. and never down. And now, you know, really ten days later, we're in this you know major correction with extreme volatility. Now today, remember. You're not gonna doesn't today doesn't matter to you listening to this, but today I called Steve from my car driving over here saying, Yeah, we should do a podcast. This right. seems like day after day, and, and the the, the Dow was down nine hundred when I called Steve. As we are doing this right now, which was it's twenty minutes later, maybe it's a half <laughs> hour later. I stopped at Starbucks. Right. So it's still okay, by the way, to go to Starbucks here in the county. For now. Yeah. And I got my sausage egg thing and my coffee. And then we sat here and chatted, and then we started this podcast. A half hour later, what's the... Yeah, and Dow's down 500 points now. So that's so a 400-point gain yeah. in a half hour. Yeah. So extreme volatility mm-hmm. in the super short term is always a part of these events, and that's definitely going on now. Right. Um, so... so- Let's touch on a couple of things here. So the the first thing that I wanted to touch on is simply the way that we put plans together. We haven't gotten a ton of phone calls yet from clients, but you know I, I think a day like today might ramp them up a little bit. Um, but here's the the couple of things that I've been touching on when we talk to people. Um, we always put a plan together, assuming that the day after we put that plan together, and I know people think. You know, this is hyperbole. Oh, yeah, the day after. No, really, the day after we put the plan together, the market could go down. And if that happens, we want to be sure that that plan is not thrown off. You know, we don't have to all of a sudden change now a couple of days later. Now, the only way we can do that is to make sure that any income that we need over the next several years is in things that aren't stocks you know, in bonds, annuities, more conservative types of things where it's not subject to coronavirus and market fears and things like that. So that's often the discussion that we have with people. Um, I was talking with a guy yesterday who's about 50-50 stocks and bonds. And I said, you know, look, you've got $250,000 that's in bonds your expenses, the money you're taking out, is probably about thirty to forty thousand dollars a year. That means you could take money out of bonds for probably six years. So we can worry about coronavirus in the short term, but that stock money we're really not going to touch for a while. Yeah, and, and I'll just throw in 
exactly what you said. I always look at it like during a time like this, or even a much longer downtime, which we haven't experienced in a long, long time. Yeah. I'm prepared to talk to our client, look at their portfolio, and explain why they don't need to panic. Yep. Not, not panic about the short term, not panic about the long term. It does start to come back to the notion of why some of you and most of you listening have bonds in your portfolio mm-hmm. and have other conservative assets in your portfolio. We do other things besides that. Obviously, we've done variable annuities to protect income. We've done some other types of annuities that basically, you know, almost act like a long-term CD, sort of. But the bottom line is they're, they're conservative investments when you really look at them. And, and, they're, and they're things you look at in your portfolio when you have a, a risk tolerance. When we put together and we've sort of determined with the client, you know what? <laughs> things like this, you're, you don't need to be all in stocks. Right. And you don't want to deal with panic sure. during times like this. And you put this whole thing together and you have a story to tell every client. Now, some clients, this is the opposite. In fact, one, I haven't told you this yet. I did my long, one of my long-term care seminars last night. Mm-hmm. And one of our prospective clients, they're not a client yet, but anyway, they we had a first meeting with them and they want, oh, okay. they want me to tell you that they were, as of yesterday, it was really down. Hey, tell Steve I bought some more stock when he's doing it in his own portfolio <laughs> right. on the dip. And I said, yeah, a lot of people don't really do that. But one of the things about putting these plans together the right way is when you're always thinking to yourself, you know what? I'm upset <laughs> that the market's down, but I know people who are buying stocks now and mm-hmm. stuff. I don't feel like doing it. Do know in a balanced portfolio and when you have a financial advisor, <laughs> uh, they should be, rebalancing your portfolio when things are down yeah and rebalancing certainly means i mean i'll just talk about my own not everybody has this mix but my own mix is something like 65 percent stocks 35 percent bonds if because of what's going on right now all of a sudden my portfolio for a while even say goes from 65 35 to 60 40 what's going to happen automatically well you know you do yeah. need to know the right times to trigger this. You don't, but the bottom line rebalancing is without me having to make an emotional decision, I'll, I will be buying some stocks low. Right. And the same thing goes when things are irrationally well, exuberant. Yeah. Which I, I mean, can't believe I used that phrase in the last podcast, <laughs> but same thing. Now you're basically selling someone you're high, but you're not really making the emotional decision. You put together a portfolio with your advisor that is helping you do what is very important, which is take advantage of the realities of the stock market yep. for the long term. Yeah, and that's what you described there is exactly what we did for, for most of our portfolios in early January, which is coming off of a 2019 when stocks were up big, most people were overweighted in stocks. So we wanted to bring that back into line with the risk tolerance. So sold out of some stocks and and put more money in bonds. If this continues to go and people get out of whack the other way, the rebalancing will, will kick in in that sense as well. All right. So I had a couple of data points here. Um, I actually had a meeting this morning with one of our uh, contacts at, at one of the fund companies that we use. And he gave me a couple of data points that, that I thought were interesting and kind of helpful, Dave. Yeah. Um, so the first one 
he gave, showed me this chart of how much money is currently sitting on the sidelines. So how much money is sitting in cash or money market accounts and how that compares to historical levels. So right now there's about $15 trillion that's sitting in cash or money market accounts. Um, the last time you really saw a big spike in cash and money market accounts was back in the 08, 09 time period. And we're still about 50% higher now. So, you know, that doesn't mean anything if people keep that cash on the sidelines. But obviously, with that much cash and buying power on the sidelines, there's the potential that they could use that to actually buy stocks now. Right. Um, the second chart that he showed me was one that has to do with mutual fund flow data. And we've talked about this in the past, just where are people putting their money? And the interesting, uh, the interesting thing about this data is it usually shows people taking their money out of the things you should be buying. Right? <laughs> and it's pretty consistent. And he showed me this chart going back um, you know, to the year 2000. And of course, when was money coming out of stocks? Well, the tech bubble, right. 2000 through right. 2002, right. 08, 09. Right. Right. Then again in 2011, that was the fiscal cliff and debt crisis. Yeah. 2016, that was um, there were concerns about recession and everything, and the market went down uh, for a brief period. And so now again in 2020, we're hitting those same levels of fund outflows that we hit in those other times. Right. Once again, it, <laughs> selling. These are no guarantees. Low, but again. But that's, you know, that's showing a lot of people selling out, you know, right now. Um, the very last chart that he showed to me, and this kind of echoes some of the discussions you hear around, okay, if I'm not going to invest in stocks, where am I going to put my money? Well, if I'm looking for long-term growth, Right now, as of today, the 10-year treasury hit 1.25%, right? That is not just a little low or kind of low. That is the absolute lowest it's ever hit. Right. That is historically low. And when you look at the ratio of the 10-year treasury relative to the earnings yield on the S&P 500, right? Obviously, when the 10-year is super low, it's it's going to throw off that ratio there. Historically, when you go back and look at returns, when it hits those levels, you've had returns of over 20% in the subsequent 12 months. Right? right. Now, I'm always going to caution people, these data points don't guarantee you anything, but they do say that, well, this might be a temporary sell-off. This might not be the worst thing in the world, and we might bounce back fairly quickly. Um, here's how I'll. Here's how I look at stuff. I try to look at stuff as I understand everything, but I like to sort of get into the minds of people who get upset about this stuff and panicky. And if I'm getting into that, I'm I'm going to panic a lot about this coronavirus as of today. As of Thursday, whatever today's date is, February 27th. But you know what? Even in that mode, so we'll just look at this one event. And you never know. This could just trigger a recession and a down market for the rest of the year. But 
when you start to look at the one event where it started I'll just give you one piece of news, and I mentioned Starbucks today, not just because I got coffee there, but I was going to end the podcast. Can you imagine the mental prep I did for this podcast? So where it all started in China, where it's not so good now, but guess what's happening? It's leveling off, mm-hmm. and Starbucks, where I started off today, going to the Starbucks <laughs> in the Kentlands, right. Starbucks announced today that they've opened, reopening a bunch of their Starbucks stores. Oh, really? I didn't in China see Because that. things are leveling off. Yeah. And, you know, they're starting to control. Now, it's just, quite frankly, just beginning to be an outbreak all over the rest of the... But when you're looking at anything, you need to get yourself off the emotional cliff of coronavirus is going to last for five, six, seven years. Right. <laughs> coronavirus... Is good. It could be an issue. It could be a short term, and short term could be a whole year of mm-hmm. hurting the economies and the market. Right. But in the grand scheme of your plan, who's listening to this show, who's our client, that's short term. That's very short term. That's short term, and you yeah. don't want to make, you've already set up your portfolio to prepare for a year or two or even more of a down market, as Steve was talking at the beginning about retirement income. But try to look at some things positively. Even little stories like that saying, yeah, it was bad, still not great there, but things ultimately recover from these things. And in in the long run, you'll look back and say, what kind of moves did I make during that crisis, Mm -hmm. Uh, which are going to affect ultimately, you know, how much you have in the long run. I think that is well said, and I think that's a perfect place to end it. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, and we will check back in again with you soon. 